Well, despite two early goals, the Nashville Predators struggle mightily against the Calgary Flames, leading to what Andrew Burnett calls one of the most disappointing losses of the season. We'll break down that game and some of the biggest surprises in the Western Conference so far this season today in the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special how do you do to our loyal Locked On Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the love and support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Today's episode also brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, And Nashville Predators took on the Calgary Flames last night in Calgary and... Boy, did that suck. Womp, 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 my friends. <laughs> yeah. If if you're looking at the, the scorecard uh, and saying, oh, okay, all right, four to two, Flames scored an empty net goal at the end. Um, yeah, technically on the scoreboard, it was close. Uh, watching this game, and boy, it certainly looked like the Nashville Predators were never in it. And if it wasn't for those two uh, early counterattack goals in the first period, we might be talking about that as one of the most, like the worst performances of the Preds' season so far. Oh, 100%. And even when you went into the first intermission after the first 20 minutes where Nashville was up to nothing, it was with the feeling of, whoo, dodged a bullet there. Thank goodness we got those two goals for, you know, insurance because even the first 20 minutes – Nashville did not outplay the Calgary Flames at all. They, you know, they did have two good goals, which, you know, we celebrate all the little things in games like this. But there was no point at which Nashville looked like they had control of this game. Not any point did Nashville have control of this game. This this was Calgary running the show. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, you go into the locker room up to nothing, uh, and usually, you know, the messaging is, all right, like Preds got some stuff going here, like, you know, like good start, like let's keep this going, let's clean a few things up. The messaging after the first intermission when the Preds were up to nothing is, okay, we got we got to get something. Like, <laughs> you know, we got to change, we got to change something here. Yeah, this was a game where even though you may have a lead, you cannot feel good about that lead because it is one of those there, but for the grace of God, go I leads. Because Nashville didn't do, you know, they had two little teeny tiny pockets of performance. And they scored both. And they scored both, which is what you have to do to win games. But you cannot play 60 minutes of hockey that looked like what the Nashville Predators played and then be at all surprised with the outcome. The most surprising thing about this game is that the final score was only four to two. That is what is most surprising about this game from, from, you know, anybody watching it. 
Yeah, talk about that first period. The Flames outshot the Preds 17-6. to uh, So, yeah, as we mentioned, Nashville Predators had a 2-0 lead early. Uh, Michael McCarron back in the lineup scored his first goal of the season. A beautiful tic-tac-toe play that also included Liam Foody and Mark Delgaizo. Uh, Kiefer Sherwood would score later that period on a good setup from Luke Evangelista. Uh, and then the Flames kind of flexed their muscles from there. The Flames got one back halfway through the second period. And then two quick goals right at the start of the third put the Flames up for good. Nazem Kadri got an empty netter at the end of the game to make it 4-2 Calgary. That was the story of the game. Preds never quite looked in it. Flames had the momentum from the very beginning. And... What is your one word to describe last night's Preds loss? I'm going to share a couple of one words we got off Twitter before I dig into mine, because I think these certainly encapsulate what we watched. Alex Colsey, one word was pain. And it came with a graphic, which I give extra credit for a graphic. Uh So yeah, pain. That was pain. We had two from Corey Slovic and Catherine. Both had the same one word. And I agree with this. It was pitiful. Ooh, hard yeah. word, also not inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. My one word makes me sound really fancy schmancy. And I think if you've listened to this a long time, you know that's not who I am as a person. But this was a Sisyphus game. You know, and if you know the Greek legend where Sisyphus is condemned by the gods for eternity to roll a boulder up a hill, but it is a magic boulder. So when it gets up towards the top, it automatically rolls back down. And so Sisyphus has to, in perpetuity, push this boulder for eternity. And, you know, kind of the metaphor is, you know, this persistent struggle against, you know, the absurdity of life, you know, and we never can escape it. That's what this game felt like. This game felt that hopeless. (laughs) It was Sisyphusian, which is actually a word, Sisyphusian, in its absurdity. Because Nashville could not get anything going. And with what we've seen in the 11 games prior to this game, you know that's not exactly who the Nashville Predators are. So it is concerning to have a a Sisyphus game. I think the bigger concern and the bigger thing to watch out for is, is this going to be a Sisyphus season? Is this going to be one of those Nashville Predator seasons where you feel like you get the boulder almost to the top of the hill and then it's going to roll back down in a game very similar looking to what the Predators played against the Flames last night? That is not what people want to go back to here in Nashville. I will say, even though it feels like that, I don't think it's the same situation. This felt a lot like maybe 2022 Nashville Predators, where you would think you were going to get like a contending team for a couple games, and then you get this. I don't know that that's the same scenario right now with this different looking Nashville Predators team, and maybe we're asking too much too early, but this game was Sisyphusian in its frustration. That's too deep for me on a morning. When I'm like a little bit sick and, and not feeling great. You're like, too much. It's too much. Uh, I took away from that is the Greeks have weird punishments for the gods. Yeah, there's some twisted Greek gods, y'all. Very twisted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe Andrew Burnett is going to do that with Phil Tomasino next. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, And my one word is tomato plant. I like gardening. 
Okay. I like having the concept of, you know, I like the concept of having a garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't garden worth crap. I don't have the green thumb that my mom does. So mm-hmm. I got a tomato plant to put on my patio. And when I got it, it was like nice and, you know, had a couple little tomatoes on it already full of hope. Uh, and then just as the summer gone went on, you know, maybe a couple of leaves here or there, you know, didn't look too good. Um, you know, I would do everything. I tried to save it. I would try to throw some water on it, but it just started becoming like an inevitable feeling like this plant's going to die. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, had, had a couple of tomatoes on it early. Uh, but then, you know, the plant just kind of started surely like a leaf here would just kind of look rough. Then a leaf there would kind of look rough. It would droop a little bit. I was, you know, stopped watering it. I would, you know, water it more frequently. I did everything I could to try to keep that little plant alive. But then by the end, it was all, you know, shriveled and brown. And uh, it it was that inevitable feeling that like, okay, nothing I was ever going to do was get this plant fruitful. Yeah, And that's how I felt watching this Nashville Predators game last night. That game was the tomato plant of the Nashville Predators. Look, it had some fruit early in the form of two early goals. But just the more the game went on and on and on, the more you're like, oh, this plant's about to shrivel. And then, hey, you know, the Flames have some sustained pressure early in the second period. Oh, there's another leaf that's brown. But it's okay. We can save this. Uh, You know, the, the Flames get one back. And it's like, okay, the plant's starting to droop a little bit. But, hey, maybe there's still some fruit in here. Uh, And then by the third period, like the plant was down, the patio was on fire. (laughs) Home Depot banned me from their plant section. That felt like the story of the Nashville Predators last night, where it was just no matter how much they watered, no matter how much they tended to the game last night, uh, it just always felt inevitable that that game was going to shrivel up uh, and go the flames way. That's what it felt like watching it. Yeah, no, that's great. And I love it because, you know, tomato plants, they need a lot of work. And maybe the Nashville Predators need quite a bit of tending, you know, th- this season. And 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 it makes sense that they do. But, yeah, that this was a very unsuccessful tomato plant kind of night. Very yeah. unsuccessful, y'all. Yeah. Speaking of tending, shout out to UC Saros, who is maybe the lone high point of that game. Yes. Uh, and to me watching this game, there's one thing that doomed Uh, the Nashville Predators. So I want to talk about that, plus some Western Conference surprises. We'll talk about that coming up in just one second. But first, I want to mention today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy in the NHL, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive 
at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Ryan O'Reilly could, in theory, score 50 goals, not after last night, but normal circumstances, it could happen. The Predators could hoist the Stanley Cup, not after last night, but under normal circumstances, maybe. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. It is the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. You can come and check out game highlights, scores, and stats on Sleeper. And you can even catch up on all the trending NHL stories with other Nashville Predators fans with their team chat function. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether top players like Alex Ovechkin or Brady Kachuk or Austin Matthews are going to record more or less than their sleeper projections on things like goals, assists, plus, minus, and more. So, for instance, today you can decide whether Austin Matthews will have more or less than four and a half shots on goal against Ottawa tonight or whether Tyler Bertuzzi will have more or less than 0.5 power play points tonight. So there are a ton of projections from tonight's games that you can choose from. And to win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Preds fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you're going to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, and one thing I noticed in the game last night that I think really doomed the Predators was the amount of second chance opportunities yes. the Calgary Flames had in this mm -hmm. game. Uh, there was one sequence where it was a Preds uh, a penalty kill. It was in, I think, late in the second period. I think the Flames had already scored at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was it was the play where Carrier and Lazan uh, were on the ice, I think, for almost three minutes. Yes. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, when you're playing rec soccer and you play that one team who, like, really takes things seriously or, like, beer league hockey – like that, you know, there was like, you know, the, the Preds would su survive pressure. All of a sudden, the Preds would have the puck. You know, they would skate out, try to make a breakout pass. Boom, it's it stopped right at the line. Yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly would try to carry the puck out. Boom, it was knocked off of his stick. And, and you know, the pressure kept going. Uh, somebody else would, you know, uh, go into the corner to get the rebound. And, and boom, it's, you know, bounces over the stick. And, you know, the, the Flames would get it back. Yeah. It was just like, it seems like there was, that was sort of the defining play, but there were so many opportunities like that where the Flames would get a shot. UC Cyrus would make a save. Uh, they would get a turnover or, or like, you know, lose the puck in, in the Predators defensive zone. The Predators defense couldn't carry the puck out of their own zone. Right. The Flames would get it back for more opportunities. It just seemed like there were a lot of those plays last night and, and, there were aspects of those plays on, on both the second and third Predators goal that, that led to the Flames taking the lead. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And you can say when you kind of talk about a game like that, you can say, oh, it's bad puck luck. But this was not a case of bad puck luck. This was a case of Calgary outplayed Nashville in all of those aspects. You know, Nashville's passing was subpar, to, to put it mildly. You talk about turnovers in the defensive zone. You know, on more than one occasion, a Calgary Flames player ended up in the slot with the puck on his stick as the Predators were trying to exit the zone. This was not bad puck luck. This was poor execution by the Nashville Predators. And you knew going into this game that Calgary was really hungry. You know this is a frustrated Flames team that was coming off of a win against Seattle. Of course, they didn't have Andrew Mangiapane, which was fine. They didn't have Jonathan Huberdeau in the entire third period because he was benched. And yeah, he seemed to bother them at all. Yeah, so it, interesting to be a fly on a wall during Jess's, Jess Belmasto's uh, Locked on Flames today for, for yes. that whole thing. That whole thing. There's a whole lot to unpack there for the Flames. But this was not a case of like, oh gosh, bad bounces, bad puck luck. This was bad execution by the Nashville Predators. And you talk about Andrew Brunette's comments afterward. He said, I think of all our games this year, this is the first game that I walked away really disappointed in our group. I thought yeah. it was very really flat. It wasn't anywhere near as good as we can play. And there have been games where Andrew Brunette said, hey, I did not like our first period. We didn't get to our game until middle of the second period. And, and that he, he's not a fan of that. But when you hear him say, I'm really disappointed in our group, like that's like when you know your mom finds the pack of Marlboros in your nightstand drawer and she sits you down and she talks to you about it. This is not ideal, y'all. And let me tell you something I've noticed about Andrew Brunette. I would like to be a fly on the wall at practice today because when Andrew Brunette um, gets done watching his team play a game where maybe they didn't skate fast enough, they didn't move their feet, it's what they do in practice the next day. Friends, they skate like their hair's on fire. So it's going to be quite a practice, I think, for the Nashville Predators, or at least some very intense video sessions <laughs> after yeah. this game. A lot to address. And and uh, Andrew Brunette, not a happy coach today. Not a happy coach. Yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest disappointment for Brunette is a lot of that was coming from the Preds' top yeah. guys. Uh, that top line last night, I, th I don't think Philip Forsberg had a shot attempt until the third period right. of last night's game. I mean, that tell, and this is a guy who is one of the NHL leaders in shot attempts. That tells you just how much that top line struggled to get the puck. Uh, I'll also say, you know, Roman Yossi, you know, I watched him a couple plays on both ends of the ice, not his best yeah. game. So that was the most disappointing thing is that. That sort of, you know, lack of skating, uh, lack of really, you know, the, the sense of really wanting the puck, really wanting to be on the front foot. It wasn't there from, you know, the leaders that you kind of expect to be there. Uh, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, we give him a lot of kudos for how he's played so far this season. Yeah. Not his best game by yeah. any stretch of the lines either. Uh, the one thing I will shout out, two players I do want to shout out, uh, well, one's a line, uh, Tommy Novak, Kiefer Sherwin, yes. Luke Evangelista. Yep. Uh, I thought that was the best Predators line last night. I think whenever they were on the ice consistently, that looked like the Preds' best chances were, were happening there. Um, and, and the other person I want to shout out is, again, and is, is Mark Del Geizo, 
who Come came on. in the lineup uh, for the second game in a row and made a beautiful play to set up, you know, the tic-tac-toe sequence of that first Michael McCarron goal. Uh, shout out to Liam Foodie for making a good play on that one too. But, you know, again, Del Geiso came in and I think did the job he was asked pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And compared to players with more NHL experience, you look at a game like that and you think, hey, the guy who's only been in, this is his second game, is going to be one who's going to struggle against a Calgary team that really smothered the Predators. Mark Del Geiso was not that defender that that struggled. And like you said, that play that he set up for Michael McCarron's goal, the first goal that the Predators score, was absolutely brilliant. And you know, Mark Del Geiso may not be the flashiest guy on the ice necessarily, but he's the guy who sees those things. He's the guy who sees, hey, this, the the simplest path from A to B is a straight line. And he's going to be the one who's not only going to recognize those opportunities, but he's going to execute them well. So I agree with you. Shout out to Mark Del Geiso, who's come in and done a great job in his two games. But you look at any of the other lines besides Tom or besides Novak, Sherwood and Evangelista, and there really weren't other lines that even established offensive zone time mm-hmm. besides that line. I mean, this this was this was a, a failure up and down the lineup this game. Yeah. Uh, the Preds take on the Winnipeg Jets next. Uh, it's going to be this Thursday. Uh, the good news is it's 7 o'clock Central, so Hallelujah. there's some normalcy there. Uh, also interesting to see uh, how many fans show up for that game because, well, if you, if you haven't seen the news, Winnipeg is having some severe uh, attendance problems this season. Not just, you know, smaller than usual buildings. I mean, like half the building is full on most night kind of yeah. situation. So interesting to see uh, what what is in store for, for Winnipeg there. Uh, coming up. Some surprises in the Western Conference. Who's been the biggest surprise so far? Who's been maybe the biggest disappointment so far? We're going to talk about that coming up in just one second. First, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action This app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Hey, if you are excited about Mike Vrabel's announcement that Will Levis is going to be the new starter this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Titans, go check out FanDuel's odds and place a wager there. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Ann, it's Wednesday. So let's take a moment to look at the rest of the Western Conference, shall we? Let's do a little Western Conference Wednesday action. Uh, So basically, we we had this talk to look around some of the other uh, teams in the Western Conference, see how some of the Preds rivals are doing. Uh, Maybe they're doing well. Maybe there's some teams that need to improve a little bit. Uh, And let's start out 
with the biggest surprise so far. Who's your biggest surprise team in the West? There were a couple to choose from for me. The Western Conference is a little wonkadoodle right now, which I'm here for. But my biggest surprise, Vancouver Canucks. Did not see this coming, y'all. Nine, two, and one. They're winning against teams like Dallas, Edmonton. Of course, they beat Nashville twice. Thanks so much for that. But it's not even necessarily who they're beating. It's how they're doing it and how their players are performing. You know, Elias Pettersson, obviously, no, this is a talented hockey player, but he is absolutely on fire. He has 21 points so far this season. And then, of course, Look at Quinn Hughes. This is a defenseman with 20 points in 12 games. This is somebody who is going to find himself in Norris conversation if he keeps this up. And I think probably one of the biggest surprises, not just with Vancouver, but I would say in the entire NHL, is the goaltending of Thatcher Demko. He's back. I mean, out of his mind goaltending this season, 948 save percentage, 1.61 goals against average absolutely on fire. So I think when you get even just three players going on a team like Vancouver, you look at the difference it can make. I mean, Vancouver, they are on fire. So for me, I was really surprised. Not only that they're doing as well as they are, but they're doing this well this early. Yeah. Very interesting team to watch. Yeah. On paper, uh, they should have been, you know, they, they should have been good for the past couple of years, but this is the year that it's finally, it seems like uh, coming together a little bit. And they finished last year strong too. Uh, and it's, you know, the biggest surprise to me, you know, it's not like a bad team that that's doing good or anything like mm-hmm. that, or maybe a team that's excelling a little more than we thought. Uh, my biggest surprise are the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights being 11-1-1 and this season. Uh, Look, Vegas last year had one of the strongest cup runs uh, I think we have ever seen in the NHL, at least in the past 20 years or so. Uh, But, you know, there is always that sort of cup hangover with teams that play a lot of playoff hockey in a short span. Uh, We talk about, you know, like teams like coming out of the gate slowly, you know, maybe there's still a lot of players missing from injury. There are some Vegas golden Knights that are going to be out for a while uh, due to injury that haven't played a game yet this season. Um, And so Mark stone being one of them, uh, you know, so I think a lot of people were kind of being like, okay, like, you know, Vegas is still going to be a tough team, but you know, they're, they're, it's going to take a while for them to come out of the gate. And they haven't, man. No. Oh, in fact, they look stronger this year uh, than they did last year. If you listen to Lockdown NHL yesterday, uh, Seth Tupal and I talked a little bit about, like, you know, Vegas coming to that gate. And we're, you know, we're watching them and we're kind of thinking, it's like, what's the weakness? Right. Of Vegas Golden Teams. Like, what's what's the one blemish that teams can take advantage of? And it's it's been hard to find one. It's just, you know, hey, when they're, when their offense isn't going, one night their defense and goaltending step up when teams are kind of breaking through and you know putting you know all these shots on goal the offense steps up you know we saw it against the other night in Colorado uh the avalanche put 41 shots on Aiden Hill and the Vegas Golden Knights won seven to nothing (laughs) like the offense was able to counter attack and get some pucks in yeah, it's just Vegas has that tendency to sort of find win like ways to win each and every game they play, 
And that is dangerous. Yes. They are a very complete team and one that there's nothing fluky about it. Like there, this is a complete team. What is your biggest disappointment when you look at the Western Conference? What team is the biggest disappointment so far this season for you, Nick? To me, that's easy, Anne. It's the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> like two, well, eight, and one. Uh, boy, like, you know, if, if you're Jay Woodcroft, if you're Ken Holland, oh, uh, you, you might want to be checking your resume real quick. It's so um, surprising. Yeah, two, two, eight, and one this season for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Connor McDavid, I know, has missed some time, but even then, like, it doesn't seem like he and Dreisaitl have that, you know, scoring every like, two goals every single night sort of impact that they've had in recent years. Uh, goaltending has been atrocious. Hey, remember Jack Campbell, who they just signed uh, to a five-year mega deal one year ago? Well, he's on waivers now with four years left on that mega deal. Um, Stuart Skinner hasn't been nearly as productive as he was last season well, when he made the All-Star team. And I think the biggest you know, kind of frustration, Ann, is that defense. They got our boy Matias Ekholm. That was supposed to be like, dudes. yeah, they're, they're supposed to be like the team that finally gets that shut down, like defense going. And that hasn't happened this year either. No. Um, and I saw an interview with Matias Ekholm and he was like, look, this is the worst start to a season I have ever had in my career. And it made me say, do you want to give him back? Which I'm sure they don't, but nothing is clicking in Edmonton right now. And goaltending, I think is the easy thing to say, Hey, here's the biggest uh, problem that we have to adjust and it's going to turn around. But I agree with you. I think, you know, defensively, there's some struggles there. I think offensively, they're not yet clicking. Um, and, and you know, you got to feel for them because I think Edmonton really has been over the last couple of seasons. And I know for me, at least this season, this was a team where I thought, okay, this is their year. This yes. is their year that they're going to get to the Stanley Cup finals. And, you know, wow, Big, disappointing start early in the season, not writing them off. But, yeah, this has been a tough, a tough start for the Oilers. Yeah. Um, real quick, very, very, very quick. Is there a team either out of the playoffs that you think is going to just jump to the top of the standings or a team in the playoffs right now, maybe towards the top, that you think is going to plummet as the year goes on? Edmonton. I think Edmonton really? is going to – I think they're going to claw their way back into it. What about you? Just, just pointing out the Anaheim Ducks are in a playoff spot. <laughs> um, I know, it's also kind of mind, mind. Yeah, hey, seven and five right now. But if you look at the advanced stats, uh, they're they're looking like the Predators did last night in those <laughs> games. Um, yeah, uh, let us know your thoughts on this. Tweet us at lo underscore Predators or drop a comment on our YouTube page. We would love to hear uh, some of your surprises and disappointments in the Western Conference so far. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter, x at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com or follow me on X at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with a preview of Preds versus Jets. We'll see you then.